Good morning, everybody. Hey, the Rindy Doyle Podcast. And uh, today we've got Jason with Chicago Auto Pros with us. And, dude, it's so fun to watch kind of like your biz and your life and, you know, saw the new Tesla <laughs> pop up and, right? I'm putting it all out there, man, yeah, for everybody to see. We kind of got to, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, it just, it, it's kind of, you make it fun and stuff like that. So uh, we wanted to kind of bring you on and have a chat. So for those that don't know you, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? My name is Jason Otterness. I am co-owner of Chicago Auto Pros and uh, Car Supplies Warehouse. Right on. So, hey, we're going to jump around a little bit. I know we sent you some questions, but um, being that I live in cold areas and I've had um, I've had shops in cold markets, Sunday, Idaho, and the Rockies, um, I've been a part of Mountain Rescue for 30 years. I've been in some extreme environments, and yet have I ever been in such demanding weather uh, in the greater Chicago area. So, yeah. How the hell, uh, you know, when you think Chicago, you don't think detailing. But I think now detailing's changed so much that detailing's pretty much everywhere. But, you know, <clears throat> you guys aren't in the, you know, it's not Miami. Uh, it's not no. LA. It's not, you know, uh, sunny Texas. It's Chicago. So what's been the, uh, if you had one ingredient of, of starting a detailing company in a not so great weather environment, what was that ingredient? Uh, well, winter sucks. I mean, the roads are salty and it's messy and it's dirty and business drops off big time, but it is still Chicago. So there's lots of people here. So we got a lot of pooled, you know, to grab from and, and there's still a lot of car guys here. And, and for us, we make sure that we we're on our game in the summer and the spring and the fall, you know what I mean? And in those slow times, when it gets slow here in Chicago, we do things like we, we painted the walls and we have, um, we have meetings with our guys. We're going to actually do a team building day uh, this Saturday. So it's, it's knowing that summer is your, your time to shine and get the vehicles detailed and just knowing that winter it's, it's going to slow down a little bit. And we do the things that uh, we need to do on the off season. So. There you go. Yeah, well said. You know, and we, we always managed to take in the early years, right? We weren't too, uh, we, we weren't busy at all. And then as we progressed and we got mature and we figured out, hey, people st still need to pay attention to their interiors. They still need to get, you know, uh, um, uh, all the salt off their vehicles. They still need to get their wheels clean. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it, 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 we started aiming our, our marketing towards that. And uh, it, it's no time to sleep, but it's also, it's a good time to, to have your team take a, a deep breath and kind of decompress. Like you said, yep. I, I love get the shop, get some of the things that you know you're not going to dare have time for um, here in just a couple months. You know, it's hard to believe that here in about eight weeks, everything's going to be really changing uh, drastically. Yeah. You guys really kick back off again. When do you guys get busy? Uh, when spring comes, it's, I mean, March is usually when we go back in. February is definitely our worst month of the year. It's it's cold, it's bitter cold, and we get a lot of snow in February, so it's slow. Um, we do try to offer specials. Like we have, you know, window tent dies in the winter pretty much, and so we do $100 off a window tent to try to get that business in. Uh, before, we used to do dealership cars just to kind of make sure that our guys still had the hours coming in. Yeah. Um, we don't do that anymore. We actually, in instead of taking the, the 
the the loss on the dealership cars, we actually take that loss and put it into more marketing. So we're yeah. just marketing towards more of the retail customers. And there's still people buying new cars. So we focused our business on paint protection film and protect your car right away when it's new. So we still get a lot of new cars that come in, you know, through these months, but it, it definitely slows down. There you go. And well, it's, it's pretty cool to see it. You know, we got a chance to meet back in the first time back in New York and yep. it's cool to see you guys. And uh, so, so let's, let's go back. <clears throat> How long have you been detailing? Uh, it's, I think it's 17 years now, 17 or 18 wow. years. And so go take us back to that first, those, the, that opening year. Let's revisit that. And uh, yeah. first, what, what put you into business? What, what, why, why'd you go into business and why detailing? Um, well, I've always been an entrepreneur. Actually, in high school, I uh, worked with an underground sprinkler company. I actually started a, uh, a service repair business in high school, repairing sprinkler systems. So I've always liked working for myself. I've always wanted to work for myself. I actually moved to Atlanta, Georgia from Minnesota um, after, after high school. Didn't have much going on. I was working two or three jobs. As I was working a busboy. I was delivering pizzas. And then I worked at a car wash. And I was the sales guy at a car wash and, and I enjoyed uh, doing it. And, and I didn't know much about detailing at the time, but I had a manager who kind of let me go in the back in the back of the detailing department and make extra money by detailing my friend's cars. Oh, really? And that's kind of how it stemmed. I was like, well, this is cool. I'm like, I can make money just like, you know, like cleaning cars and, and ended up, you know, where I'm like, oh, I could do this mobile. I could go to people's shops or I can go to their homes. I can go to their businesses and I can, you know, I can, I can make a business out of this. And it was one of those things where my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and I, I remember telling her, I was like, I want to start a detailing business. And it was one of those like epiphany moments where I was just like, this is what I was meant to do. I just like, I was awake for like three days straight. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I had everything planned out within three days. I had a, a van bought. I had all my equipment, the products I actually solicited uh, the other jobs that I worked at. I had 20 people lined up who actually prepaid me for details. They paid me a hundred bucks. So I had $2,000 to buy the, all the equipment and I was off and running, man. I was so excited to do it. You know, so those the people that are brand new, we got so many people saying good morning. We'll get into them. I mean, uh, big tone down in, uh, down in San Diego, Oscar, uh, up in the Oxnard area. Good morning. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call. We're getting so many, we're getting so many hellos, dude. We can't just, <laughs> what's up guys. Yeah. It's Luke, Luke saying hi, you know, Anthony from pony boys, get this guys, your car guy, um, guys, uh, 20, nothing years old. He's really into Mustangs and, uh, pony boys detailing. Uh -huh. and like, you know, I don't know about the name. I said, dude, you love Mustangs. Make it about you and tell the story. Right. He's on, but that's pretty cool. So now, so so let, let's go back before I get there. Okay, so wife, you just mentioned wife, kids, family. Yeah, tell us about that side of it. Yeah, so, so I have uh, I have a wife. I got two daughters, and uh, you know, fourteen and nine years old. And uh, actually, I, uh, we're going to be doing a video. I want to do a video and teach my youngest daughter on how to detail a car. You know, I just start the video off like, all right. If you want to take over this business one day, you got to learn how to wash a car. Let's get started. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I got a video popped up on my memory from way back in uh, 07, uh, uh -huh. a 21-year-old uh, wiping down our H1 Hummer. And it's just this little video clip. So I encourage you to do it because those memories as they get older, it's yeah. pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Now, is your wife, uh, does she work in the company with you or does she do something separate or? 
Yeah, she works in the company, so she helps both on Car Supplies Warehouse and Chicago Auto Pros. Um, she helps with all the payroll and the insurance side of it and kind of HR um, and doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff for us. Well, I bet that's helpful because that, that's a handful. I mean, that's a job within itself. It's and a lot of work. How many staff do you got? How big, of, how big of operation are you guys? Uh, we have two shops. I think we're up to about like uh, 43 guys that we have between uh, both the shops and Car Supplies Warehouse. You know, I was at the, the highest I ever had, so ha my hat's off to you. We had 36. Uh -huh. That's why I went bald. <laughs> you know? My beard's going gray. Yeah, exactly. It happens <laughs> quick. A lot of people don't realize. I mean, you know, if you can keep them busy, you're in a big market. You're in a good market. You guys have got you're on point with your with your marketing. I mean, you're doing everything right, but it's still it's a lot of work, isn't it? I mean, having staff and employees. So kind of explain that. We're going completely off topic, by the way. That's all right. Which I knew that we would do with you. Uh, you know, explain some of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly that people don't think about when when they have either a small staff or a big staff. Yeah, I mean, from from, I mean, my vision was always to grow this as big as I possibly could. You know, I have this, and that's what kind of drives me. That's my passion. I just want to see how far I can take it and how far I can go. So in order to do that, and you know, it's funny. When I first started, I didn't think about the people side of it. And now that we're in it, in the trenches, that's the most important thing. Having Absolutely. the right guys on your team um, and, and just being able to grow. That, that's what really helps, you know, having the right guys it gives me the ability to work on the business. Yeah. And be able to grow the business and go into these other avenues, being able to do these videos and stuff. Um, so it's been awesome to have that. It's it's been a challenge with with employees um, knowing exactly uh, you know how to train them um, and where you're going. That was one of the toughest things for me is to actually let go of some of this stuff. Because right. when we started, you know, I was the guy answering the phone. I was the guy detailing the car. I was the guy you know doing the Facebook and the pictures and everything. And and. And for me to let go of some of that, the hardest part was letting go of the detailing, you know, getting that uh, that shop foreman who can check the car and the quality check and 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 just maintaining the same quality that we started with. What That was the toughest part, you know, I'm like it was my baby. I'm like, just make is the car good? Is it OK? Dude? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's so much it's your, when you're young and you're new and, it, and you're growing, even when you get your first. I think you're really everybody. Your first employee is an adjustment. But I think when you by the time you get three or four. Now, now it's span of control. You know, you got to learn a whole new, you know, one-on-one's one thing. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that span of control of five to seven, ideally, yeah. uh, people think they can just, you know, go out and operate. So my hats are off to you because I didn't know. I knew you guys were pretty sizable. That, that's yeah. really sizable. So it's good. let's go back to the, to, to, to the early days. Let's open up those, that you know, the uh, – let's go back to that first year you've launched. Okay. Um, you know what was what what was the good, the bad, and the ugly? Did you have anything that you did? And this will be fun to hear your answer because I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna bring something out of me. Did you have did you did you, did you have things you did? And you were like, oh shit, why the hell did I do that? You know. <laughs> and then did you have something happen that you didn't expect that really kind of helped turn things around? Yeah, well, a ton of it. I mean, when I started mobile detailing in Atlanta. I, I didn't have any proper training. And, and it was funny, I was talking about this with the, some of the guys here yesterday, is that uh, the most of the stuff that I learned was by making mistakes, by, you know, damaging vehicles and stuff. 
for the first year, I was just washing cars. I had a porta cable. I was waxing. Um, I didn't really know what a clay bar is. It was funny. One of the uh, one of the guys in the truck came around. He's like, he's like, oh, you're not using a clay bar. I'm like, I don't even know what a clay bar is. And he, so he he sold me the clay bar, but he didn't tell me like how to use it or what to do with it. And so and he he told me he's like, oh, it's great. It makes the paint super smooth. So I used it on a car. And I marred the shit out of the car and I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know how to do paint correction at then. So, I mean, that's the, the moral of the story is like, that's how I learned most of how to detail. And I really regretted not taking some proper training because um, it would have saved me a lot of grief and a lot of damage on cars. You know, I remember doing cars where customers would be, you know, they'd look at the door jams like you didn't even clean the door jams. I'm like, well, I didn't know I was supposed to clean the door jams. So I started cleaning the door jams and the same thing with the seats and the cracks of the seats and just kind of, that's how I learned. Well, it's, you know, back then, and I hate to say 17 years ago, you know, we, we had taken in, we, we, had, we hadn't even started training. There wasn't a lot of opportunity out there, you know, to really learn from other than going in and working at shops. I mean, online was really just getting started. You know, the forums were out there, but it was like, you know, it was right. getting a hammer on the, on the keyboard and trying, you know, it just everything was so unsophisticated compared to today. So yeah, did you have an aha moment, something that either a relationship that came to you, something that happened that really changed the course of your business? Uh, really, I mean, I was just flying by the seat of my pants for, for a long time. I ran my business in Atlanta for four years. Um, we ended up having uh, kids and we decided to move up to Chicago because my wife's parents uh, were in Chicago. Her, her family was up here. We didn't have much family in Atlanta, so we decided to move up to Chicago. And I kind of, I worked in different body shops. I worked for different detail shops. And then I started a mobile uh, business in Chicago. And I actually worked in the underground parking garages of Millennium Park. It's the largest mm -hmm. underground parking system in the world. And I was like, this is going to be great. You know, like I, I have all these cars just parked here that I could detail. And really, you know, I was just flying by the seat of my pants the entire time, um, ended up uh, leaving that and working at a car wash and really things changed when I met my business partner, Greg, you know, and I think I, I've always wanted um, a business partner because I knew that I had weaknesses. I knew that that I had the passion and the drive to get things going, but I was kind of unorganized and and really didn't have uh, the uh, the accounting skills and the money skills that I needed. I was just go, 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 go and not really thinking about anything else. And once I met him, he was kind of like my, like my yang, <laughs> you know, I'm the yang, he's the yang, you know, and it just felt right. And like, he was able to take my ideas, my passion and everything that my drive that I wanted to do and, and bundle it and said, here, you, you're like a ball of fire. Let's go this direction. You know, let me organize it for you. And, and that was, that was huge. And that's, that's why we are where we're at today. Yeah. I know he's been able to take everything and organize it and put it into a nice little neat thing. And, and, and for me. Well, you know, it's a great partnership because the way I view you two when I met you is that he's, uh, and I mean with this, with, let me let me put this in a way because he's he's a smart guy, you know, just being Absolutely. around. And so he's kind of like classic Coke. He's just, he's, he's always there. He's very calm and collected. He watches everything and you're more kind of like Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> is, ah, you know, and I think that's such an amazing combination. Uh, my wife, Diane, is, uh, she's 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 comic collected like that we're it's a, well it, unless i open my mouth um, <laughs> you know, once i start speaking usually it has a tendency of bringing out you know another side of her um 
But you guys, you know, I think that's important. So let's go there. Again, we're going to go off topic is partnerships. How do you yeah. make it work? I think it's pretty tough. And you got to be very careful. But I think seeing both of you now in action is that kind of opposites. And I'm sure there's a lot of you that's the, that's alike. You know, there's a center point, something that's brought you. It's like Chris and I. Chris is the wild one. I've got to maintain him. He's constantly, you know, crazy. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in, I'm calm and collected, right, Chris? Uh, so, <laughs> but I think that let's talk about that because so many people ask me that question about partnerships. So how have you guys made it work? Um, yes, we are total opposites and that, it, that definitely has made it work. Um, honestly, it's like a marriage, you know, you have to have everything that you would have in a marriage. You have to have the trust, uh, the communication, you know, we have founders meetings every, every Monday or once a week, we get together and we talk about what's going on. Um, we communicate when we have issues. We don't have a lot of issues, but when we do have issues, it's just being honest about it and getting it out in the open and, and fixing it just like you would in an actual marriage. I dig it. That's great advice. And it, I'll tell you, it's, it's the biggest thing. I think that what, what Chris and I have done from day one is, is and, and Bob Phillips and I, um, you know, we've done a great job. I mean, it, it, uh, um, of communication is constant communication is just laying out what each person's responsible for. And then don't micromanage them. Just let them go do it. They're going to figure out if they didn't do it right. They're going to figure out if they're, you know, each, each one of us has to carry the other one at different times. Yeah. You're going to have downtimes. And I think just realizing that. And then I think too, a lot of people with society today, they bring a bat, you know, a baseball bat to every conversation. They want to kind of beat in their point is that, just, just kind of take it all in when your partner's listening to when, when they're talking, and, um, and 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 it's usually going to bring you around and balance you really well, especially if you're the energetic one. Is yeah. balance. Yeah, you know, you really do. So hey, let's go back again. What do you like to do for fun? Let's talk about you for a minute. What's fun for you? Don't tell me work. <laughs> it really is. I work. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. You got to come up. You got to come up with something different. Fun. I like, you know, I like winter sports. I like to snowmobile. We just uh, actually went to Colorado, went uh, skiing for a while. I like cool. doing that. I like in the summer, I like to go fishing and uh, relax on the lake. Uh, I love being on the lake on a, on a boat and just relaxing with the family and, uh, you know, doing family things. That's cool, man. I like yeah. it. It. Uh, what are your kids into? Are your kids into sports? Yeah. Gymnastics, dance, all that, you know, it's oh, tough cool. to do any sports now, but you know, they were into, you know, my uh, youngest likes to play soccer and basketball and we're hoping we can get back into that stuff soon. So, so let's talk about risky move. Is there anything that you guys did? And, and I love this because, you know, I just went out, I did a video. I went out and did a over a seven mile hike this weekend, all bushwhacking across no trail. The only trail that that I that I that I walked on was from my house to the to the actual uh, entry of the wilderness, um, and and the reason why I like to do that is well, hey, I got to for you know keeps me in in in, in shape um, yeah. for search and rescue. But the other thing is, I I think that when you hang it out there, like you're on a snowmobile, you went snowmobiling, yeah, that there's a risk factor to it, and I think that the more that you play hard, I'm not telling you that you got to go you know skydive or or go for extreme hikes or go out on a snowmobile. Um, it could be something mild, but I think that when you put yourself into uncomfortable positions for fun, is that when you get into uncomfortable positions in business, in life, it trains you to stay a little calmer. So is there anything that you guys have done that you went, woo, this is gonna be interesting, 
Uh, let's see how it rolls out. What was that, if anything? I'm sure there's something. We have a ton of them. I mean, everything that we've done is at risk. I mean, it started in the YouTube channel was a risk for me personally, just putting myself out there. But I think one of the biggest risks when we first started was actually starting a second location. So um, the way that it happened is we were in our original first location. It was 4,000 square feet. And we've been running the business for three years now. And we actually... Uh, had a run-in with our landlord. We were actually sharing the space with a, a high-end dealership who sold higher-end cars, and we, it, we were share. We had shared space back and forth, and it was tough. And at one point, we actually thought we were going to be kicked out because we got in an argument with him uh, over something stupid, probably. And we we're like, "What are we going to do if he decides to kick us out of here? What are we going to do? We, where are we going to go?" So that's when we actually started looking for a second location. What's our plan B? So I started looking for this this second location, um, and it wasn't going to be a second shop. It was just you know finding another place if we get kicked out. And we found a place, and we really liked it, and we saw the vision, and we ended up you know making up with our landlord, and everything was fine. But it was that you know we kind of sat down and like, and we came up with the idea. Well, well, should we do two locations? Should we do this? And we kind of went back and forth. And what's the risk to this? You know, there's two of us, and it was kind of like can can we support another location at the time we were still young and uh, still building our management team. And like, can, can this business run without us? If we put, take our eye off of this location and, and start another location, is that going to, is, are we going to implode? We just, we had no idea how it was going to turn out. So that was a big risk going into that. And um, everything worked out fine. Uh, but that was a huge risk jumping into that second location. You know, it's a, you're doubling, what you're doing, you gotta you gotta build it out. You gotta put the money in there, and then and then you gotta find employees. And and, and the the second location that we got was it was double the size. It was oh, wow. it was nine thousand square feet. So we went from four thousand square feet to nine thousand. Yeah. Are we gonna be able to fill it? I remember when we first started, it was just me and Greg. We opened it up for the first week, and we we did a you know a soft launch, and it was me and Greg washing cars. We were the only two people in this nine thousand square foot building. And after the first week, and we washed like thirty six cars in that first week, we were both dead. And they're like, "All right, this is gonna work. Let's hire some guys." <laughs> That's awesome. So now let's talk about risk for YouTube. You mentioned that starting a YouTube channel was a risk for you. Why? It was a risk for me because it was uh, it was out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, I, in in high school, through through most of my years, I was a pretty shy, timid person, um, very nervous, social anxiety. I I don't like talking in front of people. I did not like talking in front of the camera. But we did a couple YouTube videos, and I I knew the power of YouTube. You know five or six years ago, I could see it coming. And I'm like, this is going to be something that will, you know, excel our business into you know, new levels. And it was one of those things where like, I know I need to do this, but I'm uncomfortable doing it. So it was a risk putting, putting myself out there. Um, I like YouTube because if you say something stupid on camera, you can just, uh, you know, delete it and say it again. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big risk for me. Um, and it was outside my comfort zone. I'm really glad that I'm doing it. I'm still that nervous, kind of timid guy, and I'm getting more comfortable on camera and doing these types of things. But it was really scary at first to put that out there. Can I be blunt with you? Absolutely. I think you're one of the best voices in the industry. That's awesome. I think that you 
here, here's the deal is that you're going to find that, you know, you're, how, how old are you? 37. So I'm going to tell you something, and don't take offense to this. Uh, Carol Shelby told me at first, and it's literally kind of true. Um, I met Carol Shelby, you know, one of the, I mean, dude's just, he's, he's not even with us anymore. Yeah. And he inspires people, you know. And I got to meet him one-on-one for a second. A buddy of mine, Rod Leitner, that's from the Chicago area. He lives in Minnesota now, but he lived in Chicago. He's done all kinds of stuff. Uh, hi, Rod. Miss you, buddy. We're dead opposites. Big, tall, former NBA, uh, black guy, short, white guy. And he's like my brother from another mother, you know. Yeah. Uh, guy smells the best. He's the best-smelling dude I've ever said. Sound- <laughs> I sniffed one of my best friends. I always ask him, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? This is always his cologne's on. So – Kel Shelby told me this. I asked him, I was 39, two years older than what you are right now. And I said, you know, I kind of feel that I'm getting to a kind of a dead spot in my career. And he put, Kel Shelby's a big guy. He put his hands up my shoulder. He goes, son, how old are you? I said, 39. He goes, son, you're retarded as I'll let you finish. And I kind of looked at him. I was like, well, how'd you know? You know? And he told me this. He said, right now, you're really figuring out who you are, what you are, what you're good at, but you're not good at it yet. You think you are, you're not. The right. thing you're not good at is making money. And he goes, let me tell you, when you hit 50, you're going to get really good at that part of it. When you hit 60, you're going to be rolling in it. When you're 70, you're going to wish you were 50 again. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's so far off because I was 39, you know, and now I'm you know, almost 55. And let me tell you something. Carol Shelby hit it almost on the nose. At 49 years old, my life changed. It wasn't that my life changed. All the surroundings were there. This changed. So the big thing is, let me tell you, you can do it by your time you're 45, 42, is you've got such a loud voice in the industry in such a I, – I pass a lot of stuff by on Instagram. You know, I'm looking. When I see your ugly mug on there, <laughs> it stops me right where I'm at, dude. It stops me, and it's because I got a boy crush. I call you ugly because nice. I want people to know I'm gay, you know? <laughs> um, so I take and I stop on you because here's the thing. You always make it fun. You always make it interesting, and you're just you, dude. You're just you. So keep yeah. it up, my young I friend. I man. Thank you. You're killing it, man. You're it killing it. And I think that you're an inspiration. You're young enough to still inspire people that are younger, and for, for you to get – I know friends of mine that are a lot older than me that watch your shit. And I just think that, you you know what, you got to keep on that mission, dude, and don't sell yourself shy. You know, I, I'll tell you, I was a special ed kid. Um, they told me that I was never going to amount to everything. I've got a bachelor's, a master's. I've owned, you know, all kinds of businesses. Uh, I was, I was, I was, I was raised in a bad area. I was beat up. Uh, I was ultra shy, dude, ultra. I didn't want to come out of my shell. Um, you have got such an advantage and you've got, the biggest thing I see with you is, A, your future for yourself, but B, dude, you can inspire others, and you do, so keep doing it. I appreciate it. That's what I'm trying to do, yeah. It's working. It's working. Yeah. So um, did anything – so so this is cool. So it, let's say in the last – because, I mean, we're, now we're going to get into your business, and I know you're on a little bit of a schedule. Cool. We're right on schedule. So, we, you know, going into your business, you're detailing. Now you got this whole new side of things going on. You know, you got your YouTube, your videos going. You got all this other stuff. So now you get into the supply side of things. So kind of explain that. What what kind of drove you guys there? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, 
my vision is always growth. I want to make this as big as possible. We were looking at doing a third location and what goes into doing a third location. If we did a third location, uh, so we're right outside of Chicago. One of our shops is uh, just North Chicago and the other one is um, West Chicago. And cool. we wanted, if we did a third shop, it'd be in the heart downtown. And it was one of those things that, well, we didn't know if, uh, you know, we just, it was just me and Greg, we had to get a guy to actually get in there and manage it. And it's a lot, it's expensive in the city of Chicago. Uh, the space is, is hard to find and it's, it's relatively small. Everything's compact down there. And we were going back and forth and, and what do we do? And we, we talked about doing the supply side of things. And I'm like, does it make sense? I don't know. You know, and it was one of those things where I was actually talking to Alan from AM details at the same time. And Alan and we we got to know each other and we're talking. And I'm like, I'm like, who sells your products here in America? And he's like, nobody. I'm like, he's like, well, can I sell your products? And that's what kind of kicked it off. I'm like, you know what? I'd love to carry your products, Alan. You know, and and get it here in the United States and and help you out and everything. So I was like, yes, let's let's get your products in there. And then after a couple of days, I started thinking about it. Well, I'm like, if I'm going to sell Alan's products, I might as well sell some other stuff. You know, like towels and brushes. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And it was kind of like, all right, let's make a run at this. And uh, when we started, it was just okay. Let's put some money into it. How much we're going to put into it. And let's just buy the products that we're using here at the shop. You know, uh, what Chicago Auto Pros is using. And just in case it doesn't work, we got all these products and we can say we're done with that and we can use the products and we'll be okay. So it was a risk we were worth taking. But that's how it started. And that was two and a half years ago. And it's it's doing fantastic. Uh, we had to change the name from Car Guy Supplies to Car Supplies Warehouse. Um, and our motto is tested, proven, packed. And, and we we're kind of stemming off this YouTube. Uh, we're, we're, you know, the, the, the products that we use here in Chicago Auto Pros, we're testing them, we're proving them. And then we're putting them on the website. We want to put the, the products that we would use in our shop on that site. So it's tested, proven, packed, goes with the YouTube channel. I love testing new products and using them and seeing what's works best and then sharing that with everybody else, um, you know, that's using detailing products. That's awesome. It's, uh, is it, has it, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of detailers now are looking into it, you know, they, they want to get into the supply chain. Yeah. Any, any, uh, any nuggets you want to drop with them on kind of input? Because it, it's not, unfortunately, I mean, we've got a storefront program, a uh, very affordable way to get into it and not. But a lot of guys, you know, and I'm not saying take the dream away, but I think there's a little bit of a reality check. And and you and I didn't, this isn't even on the notes. So talk about that a little bit. Any words of wisdom? Well, yeah, if you want to get into the supply side, make sure you have lots of money because that's what it takes. It's uh, the inventory that you have to hold is just crazy. Um, and I didn't realize that until we got into it. And then and then the margins aren't that great either, you know, and after shipping, after, you know, obviously you have to have somebody to uh, help with the website, put the website up, maintain the website, take a picture of all the products. So we get away all the products. Um, then you got to pack them and ship them and store them. And after everything is said and done, the margins are razor thin and it's, you know, and you're fighting with everybody else on the Internet. And it's tough. And if you're not, if you don't have some sort of marketing behind it, I'm really happy that we have the YouTube channel behind it. Because if we didn't have that, I mean, I don't think we would have gone anywhere with it. That's a, that's a great point. And so now looking back, um, you go to, let's go back to that first year again. Yeah. Let's look at that first year, Jason. Let's look at you now. What, what one thing would you tell that, that, that young, that younger Jason, that young guy getting into business, 
What's the one piece of advice that you'd give him today? Yeah, you can't do everything yourself. Wow, because I've tried to do it, <laughs> and it just stresses you out. <laughs> you me, you do, yeah, it, I, and it can change you. You know, yeah. it can break you, and a lot of people don't realize that you're young. Listen, man, there's post-traumatic stress disorder for a reason, and it's not just. It's not just. Listen, search and rescue. I've seen some serious shit. Military, you know, all that shit. My greatest stress doesn't come from that. Yeah, believe it or not, my greatest stress points have been from overstressing myself in damn business. You know? Exactly. How and it's true. So um yeah, as you look around the detailing industry, is there's I, I, I think I love I love to get answers from this. Yeah. It, you know, we're a developing industry. It's an industry I love. So I'm not saying this as, as a slam, but you know, in the last five, ten years, this industry's really come a, a long ways. Um, I said this and I got I got crucified for it. Uh, by the younger crowd, they don't realize it. There was a time in my career, and I've talked to Rick Walling was just here. We're, we've been in business the same amount of time. There was a day that you were almost embarrassed to be a detailer because the movies made fun of us, TV made fun of us. Yep. Uh, you know, we're the janitors of the car industry, and yep. it's changed a lot. Guys like you have elevated the game for many. Um, we've gone out and put our stuff out there. A lot of people have done a great job. A lot of companies have done a great job. You look at what Rupes has done. You know, for j just bringing sexiness, you know, to the to the industry, and Absolutely. you look at what the coatings have done. And so, is there something that you see that's common, uh, uh, and, and maybe not with every detailer, but with maybe every younger or newer detailer that you would like to kind of address for them to to kind of look at hard? Yeah, I mean, you're right that the industry has changed a lot. I mean, just when I started, uh, you know, I was kind of embarrassed to tell people what I did, you know, washing cars or cleaning cars. Uh, you know, I feel like I was looked down on from family members, you know, for, for the career path that I've chosen. It's a lot different now. And I really think that... The, the detailing industry has a, a lot of positive things that have came out in the last 10 years. Now this is a business where you can actually make money <laughs> with the ceramic coatings and, and the way that the detailing business has kind of turned into, it's not just detailing, it's more paint protection film. You're doing vinyl, you're doing window tint. There's other uh, sources of income, uh, other parts of the business that you can add to your existing business. And now I think this is a little more respectable. You know, uh, one of my biggest things I, I, cause I did feel embarrassed for a long time and I'm cleaning cars and, um, when Larry, uh, started doing YouTube videos, that's where I felt like, you know, here's this cool guy, you know, doing YouTube videos and, and making detailing cool. And I felt after that, I felt like honored to be a detailer. I'm like, this is cool. I like doing this. I enjoy doing it. And I'm not going to be embarrassed of and what I do. Um, and I'm going to make something out of it, you know, and with YouTube and, uh, social media, I think it's brought the light to what detailing actually is. Right. Um, a little more. And I think the general public knows it's more than just, obviously there's a lot of shops out there that are just doing general cleanups and doing crappy work. But I think, you know, the word detailing, I feel like there should be something, there's car washers and there's detailing, right? You know, like there should be another word. There's like elite detailers, I guess you say that, but <laughs> you know, there's, you I know, think, I think you hit on something is that all these add-on services, you know, and I think what it's done too is it's elevated the general services 
because it's allowed you to put an image out that's so much greater. Like you said, there's there's car wash, there's detailer, and then there's and then there's like the Jesus of detailing. You know what I'm saying? It's you know, and and I think that you don't need to rename it. You need to rebrand it. And I think right. you know, guys like you have done that. And even us in the early days, you know, there was no certification. I went in and created our own certification, and we marketed that certification. That's why always people always say, "Well, what's the benefit for being certified?" Jesus, I spent. I just found the manual, the original manual from 20 something years ago. And we went through and it was a serious certification, in-house certification because we marketed it. We killed our competition because of that. And so, you know, we, we put it out there. But I think that all the add ons that, you know, you mentioned the window tinting, you know, I was in the window tinting industry for, for years, ran a really successful window tinting shop. But what happens is when you add all these really nice accessories to detailing and, and you don't even have to do them, you can be next to a guy like you that's doing them, but it elevates your guys like you're going out, companies like yours, uh, guys that we know are taking in, they're elevating the general game by bringing those other things into it. And Absolutely. so it, an interior that used to go for 125 bucks can now go for three, four, $500 because we've elevated the game. Absolutely. How cool is that? The rising it, tide lifts all boats. That's exactly it, dude. And we yep. are, we, we are, we're in another ocean, dude. We, we, we've gone yep. from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And right now, we're cruising the Hawaiian Islands. It's sweetness, dude. You know, yep. the other shit's going to fall out. Listen, it's going to slow down. The economy's going to always change. It right. has times in my career. It has a couple, two or three times in your career. It's going to change. That's okay. The, stay, the strong stay strong. Money in the bank may, means king. Matter of fact, when, when it's slowed down, correct me if I'm wrong, When it is because that's questions popping up right now. What do you guys think of the economy? Don't, don't worry about that. Put freaking money away, and then when everybody else is weak, gain and capture ground. Take their business away from them. If they're weak and they didn't put it, they're not smart with their money. Then I'm sorry, you're gone. You're yep. gone. And so it it it's uh, I get really passionate about that. So hey, what's next for you guys? Anything that, that you can share with us? We got a lot going on. Um, we have a we have a new detail wise. It's a program. It's a Patreon program. It's actually a monthly paid subscription, and we're doing monthly content on on business. Basically, what we want to share is what we've done in Chicago Auto Pros and share that with others, so they can take the mistakes that we've made and and you know the seventeen years of accumulated learning and and kind of help them accelerate their business a little faster. So that's a program that we have that we started a few months ago. Um, you also get free shipping on car supplies warehouse and stuff, but really trying to elevate the industry and trying to give back as much as we can. we started doing training. Um, so we do, uh, uh, we just had a big class here where we had a bunch of guys come to the shop and, and we just want to share what we've done in our own business. Um, I've actually, we just bought a project car for, so for YouTube, this is for everybody watching. This is, a, there'll be a special announcement. We're, we're going to start Chicago auto pros after dark. So a lot of our employees here are, they're car fanatics. They love cars. After five o'clock, we usually hang out, drink a couple beers and they're talking about cars. And I'm like, you know, we, we all stand around here for a couple hours. We can actually be doing some productive work, like working on a project car. So we, this week we actually bought a project car and we're going to do Chicago Auto Pros after dark. So we'll do, we'll, we'll make a video series out of it and we're going to do this project car together. Um, and it'll be a kind of cool little project that we can do and, and build it. And so I'm excited about that. That'll be coming out in a couple months. That's fine. 
That's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what, you know, COVID <clears throat> really pushed us, a lot of us into a new direction. You know, we've got our in-person trainings that we do. We took so much of our knowledge and put it online, you know, during yeah. that And so I think that where we've seen detailing be lifted up in the last five, 10 years, I think we're going to see that just in the next two years. Yeah. I think the elevation, <clears throat> excuse me, for those that choose to be elevated, because listen, is we put we put advice out there. You make decisions. Is when guys like us say things. Is I can almost tell you this right now. When Jason says something, when I say something, there's no theory in it. It's facts. Now we don't know everything, do we? Right? No. Yeah. But when we put it out there, it means it's been practiced, and and we've succeeded off it. And so why? Why you guys would go try to reinvent the wheel is beyond me because you can take and be Jason's going to hit it his stride before I did. And many of you listening that are wise are going to hit it before he did. But you got to be wise. You got to listen to the wise. You got to shut your mouth. You got to open yep. your up and you got to invest in yourself. And I think this is a grand time to do it. Uh, that's pretty cool. Can I, what, so what'd you guys buy? Uh, I can't tell you yet. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be a surprise. I even told the guys here. No, like, I want it to be a surprise for everybody. That's cool. How cool is that? We're looking at some fun stuff. I'm looking at buying some. I, I don't want to do a build out, but I want to do a change out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to do something that's about me. Buy it. That's matter of fact, I could buy something. I've got an offer on something, and you could be seeing me soon to pick it up. It's oh, in awesome. Chicago. It's in that's Chicago. Awesome. Hell it's yeah. So it needs. It needs. It doesn't need a ton of work. It, it's it's a running great project to do. It will it will suffice, but I got to put my own name on it. Does that make That's sense? Awesome. Yeah. And so it's fun. So yeah. hey, um, how could, how do people line up with you? How do they find you? Um, you know, obviously Chicago Auto Pros YouTube. We're on there. Uh, Facebook. Um, you, you can friend me on there. Uh, Detail Wise, we have a private Facebook group called Detail Wise, um, where we just kind of try to elevate uh, the industry and, and ask questions and, and answer questions. And then uh, I encourage people to email me at Jason at chicagoautopros.com. You know, I love interacting with as many people as I can. I try to answer as many Facebook messages and emails and, and call guys. I have a long trip uh, home. It's usually about an hour drive. So I, I make a lot of phone calls on the way home and okay. in the morning. So, you know, and I also want to take advantage of this is that, you know, Jason and I, in some ways, he trains. He offers some things, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I train. I offer some things. Yep. I want you guys to look at this. <clears throat> Does it look like we have a problem with each other? <laughs> the answer is no. So stop fighting among yourselves and realize that, again, uh, rising tide lifts all ships. The better one does, the better all do. Or we gut them. There's people in this industry that do the same thing that, that I do. I don't like because of their misinformation they share. This isn't one of them. You know, this guy's, yeah. this guy's laying down wisdom for the right reasons. And so my message here is, dude, why do these guys fight among each other, man? You know, stop fighting. Yeah. Life short. Put that energy into freaking making your, your 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 business, your life, and your income great. And, you know, a lot of, I hear this. A lot of people say, man, it's not about the money for me. Listen, you know what? It turns out it is about the money because your time is valuable. And you shouldn't work for the, any less than what you're worth. What do yeah. you work? It's going to always increase, hopefully. And so I, I, I hope that you guys tune into that fact that yeah. they're here helping you, man. They're yeah. here to put out a positive message. 
I felt I felt guilty a lot of times for wanting to have money. You know what I mean? I don't come from money, so I've and and the, the, one of the big reasons for this is because I want money. And I we actually had a we have a business coach now, and a year and a half ago, I talked to him about this. And he's like, he's like, you shouldn't feel guilty about money. What is money? You know, let's think about this. And why I want money is because I want to make memories. I want to make memories here. You know, we've we're getting this project card. This is going to be an awesome memory. Do like being able to take trips with my family. That's that's what money buys me is is memories and being able to do these awesome things that we can do in life. Yeah, that. Well, I'll tell you what. I I grew up with nothing. You know, outside of L.A., thirty eight miles outside of L.A. And I always I always say I had a poor attitude. It wasn't it wasn't that I had a bad attitude. I thought like a poor guy. And and yeah. sometimes to be honest, I still do. And and it's been hard for me to get out of that mentality. But here's what you'll realize when you hit a certain point of wealth is that it's not just having wealth for you. It's what you do with that wealth. And wealth, wealth is a multitude of things. It's your attitude. Being rich, I've never been my goal. Being wealthy is my goal because Jason just nailed it. It sets up memories. You know, I'm looking at making one of the stupidest purchases I've ever made in my life. Uh, probably here in the next three to six months, maybe, maybe not. But on the back of it, I'm looking at building memories. But on the, on, on one of the flip sides, we're looking at starting a nonprofit, and that stupid purchase could make the difference in a lot of people's lives. And so, you know, it's it's we're not here. All of us have got an, an uh, we came into the world, and I can guarantee you this: we're going to leave the world at some point. Yeah. Just, Steve just died. You know, one of my our good friends back in December, right before Christmas. Dude, he's thirty nothing years old. He's your age. Wow. Woke up one day, thought everything was great, wasn't there the next morning. Wow. You know? And so if you guys think just because you're young, you're going to be here, I can't tell you how many young people I've watched take their last breath. It's sad. So you better live for today. You better Absolutely. go and have some fun. You better, you better, once you get, believe it or not, you're a year into it, turn around and help somebody else that's brand new into it. Absolutely. Don't dog them. Everybody was new at some time. Yep. Turn around and tell them what you've learned to keep them hitting from the same potholes, dude. And that's what you're doing. You're laying it down, dude. And I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm excited to see how much stuff you're, you're out. It energizes me to put more out. Um, you know, and I, I learned something. I took notes on this conversation today. How cool is that? Nice. You know? <laughs> so, hey, man, great talking with you and guys, uh, if you don't follow them, make sure to do it. I'm sure most of you already are. we got a, a lot of positive feedback. So, uh, Hey dude, stay, stay healthy, uh, stay warm. Thank Get ready you. For the season, and uh, if I'm in Chicago picking a certain thing up, please I'll do to say hi. Yeah, thank you, Rennie. It's been an honor talking to you, man. Yeah. I appreciate all this. It's uh, it's awesome, dude. Hey, you take care, man. Happy detailing all guys. Ready to do a podcast, uh, laying down some information. We uh, sure appreciate it. If you've enjoyed this, do me a favor. Go ahead and uh, share it. Uh, put it out there. Uh, this is a lot of good information for people to hear. Uh, like it, and uh, we uh, we love to hear your comments. If we're making a difference in your life, that's mainly what we do. Or if you think we suck, we like to hear that too. So, <laughs> hey guys, Jason again. God bless. Take care. We'll see you next time, buddy. See you later, later everybody. Bye. Bye.